Remember what that means? Everything. Anglothese. Gettle's gone. Oh my god, you people have just failed me. Failed me utterly. Congratulations, Scotland. We have just gone full brigadier. That just explains so much of my childhood to me. Research purposes. It's super important. I hear an awful lot of judgment in your voice. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 30 of Anglophies. At some point, we're going to stop being amazed at the number of episodes we have, but it is not this day. I'm Raiden. I'm Alina. And I'm Kaylee. And we're here to talk about Tarzan. I really don't have anything beyond that. <laughs> it is early in the morning here, or, well, it's early for a Saturday. I We're haven't all had a full cup of coffee. Tired. Yet. Yeah. And the time zone, time daylight saving thing bullshit just fucked with everybody. Yeah, we don't catch up with you guys for another week, I think. So that's annoying. Yeah. We've got a hard enough time scheduling when we're when we know how far apart we are. <laughs> now, five hours is a nice round number. I mean, it's not, but it is. I don't really know what I'm saying. <laughs> it's early. It's still early. It's still early, is my point. <laughs> it's too early for us, um, and uh, the sheer amount of inevitable loincloth jokes we're going to be making, or at least I will be making. Yep. I'm taking it upon myself to keep the, the butt flap jokes going. <laughs> uh, uh, before the evening, or morning as it were, descends into <laughs> absurdity, uh, we did want to hold uh, a kind of um, memorial mention because the geek world has suffered some fairly painful and sad losses in the recent weeks. I found out about both at work and was just so sad for the rest of the day. I found out about both when I was getting on a plane to come home. Oh. Which, that was not fun. Um, so, Leonard Nimoy... Uh, honorary grandfather of the entire internet, if we wanted, he said we could say that, um, died a couple of weeks ago. And uh, he would like to remind everybody to please not smoke, because it's terrible. And Terry Pratchett of Discworld and like a total of, what, 70 books? Died of complications from early onset Alzheimer's uh, just a couple of days ago. And his last couple of tweets were perfect, basically. Um, Tara Pratchett is, uh, is particularly close to the hearts of several members of the Made of Fail family. Emily, the new co-host of the Made of Fail podcast. Um and Kevin, so it, it's it's been a very sad day for for our little online community. Yep. So not much else really to say. Yeah. 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 yeah um, I believe uh, Pratchett's family has requested donations to an Alzheimer's fund. Um, we'll find a link to that and put it in the show notes. 
Because Alzheimer's sucks, you guys. It really sucks. <laughs> uh, Leonard Nimoy. There, there is a, a foundation um, also. That I'll find the, we'll find the link to that as well. Um, yeah. And now we can descend it to absurdity. Yep. And I think we need it now. <laughs> and butt flaps. Oh my god, the butt flaps. Um, Colonialism and butt flaps. The Tarzan <laughs> Adventures. <laughs> the, reason, the reason we're talking about Tarzan, this this one was my fault, is uh, actually a month <laughs> yes, ago. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. <laughs> I, I emailed uh, Kay- Kaylee and Raiden because what happened was, for reasons I cannot explain... I think I was bored one evening, and I decided I'm, I haven't read the, tar, the actual novel of Tarzan. It is in the public domain, so Project Gutenberg has it, so I just went online. Um, it's under 90,000 words, so it's not really that long, and it's also fairly easy to skim. Um, it's one of those older novels where rather than have one plot, it just has kind of scenes from a life, so you, like you can kind of see what this one's about, and if it's not particularly interesting you can just move on to the next one kind of thing um i've read it and it it it's the best like old pulpy harlequin romance at least in part <laughs> that you've never read like it this this thing is so much more ludicrous than any adaptation has ever prepared me for <laughs> I have I have excerpts because you guys need to this needs to be believed. So actually, um, the the beginning parts. So for some reason, we're gonna start with a mutiny on the ship that's carrying his parents to Africa. Why we need an entire chapter of random people mutinying like characters we'll never meet again. I don't know. Maybe he needed to suck people in with with a conventional sea adventure. So then there's an entire thing on a mute, and it's long. It's one of the longer chapters on the, of the book. None of that hap- what happens in it matters, except the fact that, you know, his parents got stranded in Africa. But there you have it, mutinies. Um, then you go into, in, into the setup. Um, the, the 84 movie is actually somewhat faithful. Like, you know, his, parent, his, his dad despite being an English lord, is perfectly successful in building this very functional treehouse with doors and everything. <laughs> they live there for a year. Um, and then uh, his mother, Alice, dies. Uh, and the apes have kind of moved into the neighborhood and they've been avoiding it because of the gun that scares them off. But um, then they break into the house and Kala, has, wh- whose baby has recently been uh, murdered, you know, drops her dead baby into the cradle and picks up the little Tarzan and, um, bring, and you know, adopts him and protects him from a tribe. Uh, you go into the series of vignettes of him growing up and how, oh, you know, all the, uh, it's actually kind of funny. There's a bit of a, it turns into a bit of a, like a, a, a soap opera family drama, but with apes. <laughs> so all the other apes are telling Kala, how, look, your baby is stupid. <laughs> and weak and look why doesn't he, he can't even survive without you now like what what is this come on Kala and it, it said that if they had known that he was actually a year old before Kala had got him they would have been just completely like oh come on this is just 
look, we're sorry, but your baby's a little more special than we anticipated. (laughs) (laughs) There's a whole thing about um, how the, so the alpha male of the, of the group is very mean. He's the one who killed Kala's babe to begin with. Like he's a really mean one. Plus Kala has um, a husband who's all like, look, this thing will not continue, contribute to the tribe. And, and she, but she's apparently the tribe's like finest female, so n- nobody wanted to argue with her because she said she'd leave if they if they wouldn't let her keep it. Um, <laughs> and then you go into vignettes of Car- Tarzan being ten years old and running around the jungle and I don't know, playing tr- apparently learning to play tricks on the presumably one tongue, you know, weighing ape that's his stepfather. <laughs> because little Tarzan has no fear and also no sense of self-preservation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then the really weird part starts. So when he, as teenage Tarzan finds his childhood home, so to say, which, can, which I guess they knew that his mother was pregnant when they left England because there's baby stuff there and, like, the ABCs and books. And honest to God, Tarzan learns to read on his own. It takes him five to seven years but he learns how Man, to read English what a fucking Mary Sue <laughs> know, right? and he's already super strong um, because you know being raised in the jungle so much stronger than your average English boys but I mean weak by ape standards but he doesn't know and, and he thinks he's ugly because he sees reflections in the water but you know he doesn't look anything like the ape so he thinks he's the ugly one um, and then he, yeah and then he finds books so now he's learning how to read um, he finds a knife there, so then he becomes, he kills, he kills a gorilla, which, and, and this is real, these wounds are described in the book. When he's still a kid, uh, the first time he breaks into the house, he uh, comes away with a knife, and the knife helps him kill a grown gorilla while he's 12 years old. Meanwhile, no, 10, 10 years old. Meanwhile, it, like, breaks his ribs, tears part of his throat out, and for a month, you know, his mother has to tend him. Like, he survives! In a month, he's just fine. Goes back to the house, teaches himself to read. Uh, he learns about clothing and, and like, tries to skin, uh, not a leopard, a lioness, I believe. But he doesn't know anything about skinning, so it doesn't work. But, like, he skins it, the skin just goes hard because he doesn't know how to work leather because, like, he's not that Mary Sue. <laughs> um... And the, the actual, the other people don't show up until kind of the last third of the book. Um, you get the, exp- and again, Mutiny and Jane and her, her father and the Clayton, who's the cousin, who's, which some adaptations do keep, um, are also victims of a mutiny on a ship that puts them on shore. Like, I don't even know why anybody bothers anymore. <laughs> Obviously, this particular <laughs> route of ships is like just run exclusively by mutineers <laughs> um they, they arrive and, and tarzan starts leaving them notes because he's taught himself how to spell <laughs> so they find the house where he leaves the notes like this is property of tarzan uh you better leave everything the way you find it um <laughs> Jane gets at some like couple of chapters into that you know Tarzan's been watching her and leaving her notes and he actually left her basically a marriage proposal at this point because she's so beautiful and he's like I'm yours and you're mine and you can stay here and I'll provide for you 
which to me sounds like a marriage proposal in Tarzan terms. <laughs> um, and the, then Jane gets kidnapped by an ape. Uh, Tarzan saves her, and that's where the Harlequin no- novel starts. So let me let me read this to you. There we go. So Tarzan fights the ape for her. J- Jane's watching this. Jane, her lithe young form flattened against the trunk of a great tree, her hands tight pressed against her rising and fallen bosom, and her eyes wide with mingled horror, fascination, fear, and admiration, watched the primordial ape battle with primeval man for possession of a woman. For her. <laughs> Tarzan... <laughs> Tarzan defeats this ape, uh, which did kidnap her and kind of thought, well, I have to, like, he was exiled by Tarzan, who's at this point king of the apes. Um, so he did, of like, kidnap Jane. Of um, You know, he stabs the ape to death, and uh, when the long knife drank deep a dozen times of Turkoza's heart's blood and the great carcass rolled lifeless upon the ground, it was a primeval woman who sprang forward with outstretched arms toward the primeval man who had fought for her and won her. And Tarzan, he did what no red-blooded man needs less than doing. He took his woman in his arms and smothered her upturned panting lips with kisses. Ugh. For a moment, Jane lay there with half-closed eyes. For a moment, the first in her young life, she knew the meaning of love. It get, I promise yeah. it gets even better. So, I don't want to say Edgar Rice Burroughs was overcompensating, but... Um... <laughs> literally drags her to his cave. He says he took his woman in his arms and carried her into the jungle. Because he's a man. Yeah, so he drags her in his cave. Uh, she thinks he's so sexy. They spend a day together in the jungle where, you know, he's ex- he brings her fruit and, like, she... They don't have sex, but I think maybe... I think if Edgar Rice Gross was, like, writing this today, they would have had totally had sex. Um, but then the most amazing thing happens. As he's bringing her back, Jade actually has these thoughts of, like, mm, but would I, like, really introduce him to my friends? <laughs> like this is all sexy in context. <laughs> um, let's see. What's the exact? Uh, there we go. So when he drops her off back at the cabin, she goes. Slowly she turned and walked back to the cabin. She tried to imagine her wood god by her side in the saloon of an ocean liner. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What? Her what? <laughs> wood god. <laughs> Don't interrupt. Okay. This is funny. I just needed to. Yeah, I just needed to, you know. Yeah, no. Her wood god. Uh, she saw him eating with his hands, tearing his food like a beast of prey, and wiping the greasy fingers upon his thighs. She shuddered. She saw him as she introduced him to her friends, uncouth, illiterate, a boor, and the girl winced. Ew, but like he eats with his hands, you guys? <laughs> no, this is serious. Oh, this is a bad. But I kind of like it how pragmatic that is. It's not just. You know, oh, she sees him, she falls in love with him. Like, she literally thinks, like, how do I introduce him to society? <laughs> um, then when she gets back, uh, Clayton, who is in love with her, starts getting jealous. And um, this part I'm just reading, she has, like, this. Jane's an American, right? Mm-hmm. And she has this part that are called a sick American burn, <laughs> because... Because Clayton's jealous, he's saying these things about Tarzan that he himself doesn't really mean. He's like, oh, he's probably a cannibal. 
and he's probably out there like attacking our friends because while she was gone some of the others went to look for her um and when Tarzan left her, he went to track them down and bring them back, too. So Clayton and she, they're not, like, alone alone together, but they're the only two major characters at the camp at this point. So with Clayton saying these mean things about Tarzan, <laughs> this is what Jane does. The girl's head went high. There could be but one suitable reply to your assertion, Mr. Clayton, she said icily, and I regret that I am not a man that I might make it. She turned quickly and entered the cabin. Clayton was an Englishman, so the girl had passed quite out of sight before he deduced what reply a man would have made. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, while uh, Tarzan was off fetching Jane, uh, a couple of the expedition at this point, um, Jane and her party were found by the French uh, military, sent kind of dispatched to track them down. And this is where the uh, Captain Darnot, or was it Lieutenant Darnot, uh, character is introduced, who's also in some of the adaptations, including the 84 movie. Um, he's in home, plays him in the 84 movie. Uh, so this particular uh, party um, meets the the native tribe who lives there, and uh, Darnot is the one who's captured, so um, Tarzan... Tarzan saved the rest of them, and he goes after Darno, um, who's grievously wounded, so Tarzan has to nurse him to health, so the rest of the um, of the party leaves Africa believing them to be dead. And uh, <laughs> this weird thing happens where when Darno comes to, and Tarzan's like, basically they have to pass notes to each other, because Tarzan, and this is actually kind of smart, he taught himself to read and write because the picture book would tell him, like, this combination of letters is equal to this word. But he doesn't actually know how to speak because none of this teaches him anything about sounds. Um, so he can only communicate by, by, by notes, which is why for a long time the party believed that the wood god, as, as Jane called him, and Tarzan who left the notes were two different entities. Because they, they never figured that the Tarzan who writes the notes wouldn't know how to speak. Also, when they meet him, he doesn't speak. So they're like, oh, this can't have been you. This is the biggest plot hole. I, I, I use the term loosely because, you know, it's a book about a guy raised by apes. But this is the biggest plot hole. Despite the fact that he specifically does not know that the letters associate to sounds, he somehow finds a way to spell out his name in the notes. How does he know how to write? Um, he finds a pencil and paper in the cabin and basically decides that just to imitate, like, some innate human instinct in him lifts him not only to learn to read, but to, for, for whatever reason, decide to imitate the you know, the words in writing as well. I just... This entire thing is built upon the fact that, you know, all of this intellect is innate to humanity. <laughs> Another thing Burroughs has him do is... Um, for some reason, he explicitly has him not cannibalize one of the black men he kills uh, because he wants to like show that it's such an innate prohibition to a human spirit that even though he's never, it's natural to him to do it because you know he's an animal who kills for food, basically, um, some instinct stops him from eating another human being. But the African tribe that's in the book is is. Ex well, is explicitly said to be cannibals. So, like, I don't know if that, you know, the racism in the book and the colonials are like we had 
that's a separate conversation. It's definitely there. But cannibalism is brought up a lot. It's one of particular thing. I don't know if it was just kind of the <clears throat> the fashionable, scandalous thing at the time. And that's just what Burroughs thought would make his writing like interesting to his to his readers. <clears throat> So, so Tarzan's rescued this um, this Frenchman, who decides, despite the fact that Tarzan writes in English, he'll teach him how to. And Tarzan says, "Teach me to speak like you." He decides he's going to teach him to speak French. Sure. Sure. So. So so Tarzan ends up literate only in English, but able to speak only French. <laughs> He leads him, they, they reach the cabin again, um, they see that the party has left while Darno was recovering from his wounds and Tarzan like, couldn't leave him alone just to go back and say, I've rescued him. Um, and, you know, Tarzan's in love with Jane, so he's like, you got you got to take me to this place that she's going to. Uh, Darno finds the the Greystoke diary. And so they, the part, they know that the Greystokes are the ones who died there, but because Kala, the uh, Tarzan's mother ape, um, who has been killed at this point, so so he doesn't have like familial ties in Africa anymore. Um, left her baby's corpse there. Um, the party when they originally found it, they buried the three bodies, believing that um, you know the baby died there. But Jane's father and his assistant, actually who are scientists, actually do identify the baby corpse as that of an ape and not a human baby. They just figured there's no point saying that. So those two know that the baby survived. And now Dar knows from like reading the father's diaries, pretty sure that, oh, okay, you, yeah, you, you're kind of Lord Greystoke. <laughs> and luckily for everybody, the um, Tarzan's dad had him make a, one of those baby handprints on a page. And fingerprinting has been invented at this point. So yes, in the book, fingerprints actually establish Tarzan's identity. <laughs> um. <laughs> Turno takes him to the civilization. On the way, Tarzan kills the lion for 10,000 francs, as one does. Uh, in the time it takes him to reach America from Africa, he becomes this like rich dandy. It's amazing because while we, apparently at this point, remember, like the book's very episodic. At this point, we need a new antagonist. And it turns out that Jane is being pressured into a marriage she doesn't want to enter into and they've left Baltimore there was buried treasure but that's too complicated they've left Baltimore they're now on a farm in Wisconsin um, the the evil guy who's pressuring Jane to marry him has gone to get a priest Jane goes off like alone Clayton's there just because he's in love with her and wants to be around her and um, Jane goes off to for a walk and then a forest fire happens and she's cut off from her from their Wisconsin cabin by forest fire, yes, another cabin, too many cabins, no, farmhouse, that's what got the Wisconsin farmhouse, by forest fire. Tarzan drives up. In a car? In a car. In like, <laughs> practically. I don't know why that's a stepping point for me. <laughs> Tarzan drives up with what I think is practically a sports convertible, I don't know. So Tarzan's a brew, basically. Tarzan is such a bro at this point, dashes into the house, sees like, Clayton and it's like Clayton, where's Jane? Clayton's like, do I know you? <laughs> He's like, she's gone to walk in the woods. And Tyson's like, look, take your car and go. Leave mine here. If I get Jane, I'll come. And he leaves and 
Jane's father and Clayton are like, suddenly I feel so safe and I don't know why. Tarzan is swinging through the Wisconsin woods. No, he's not. Yes, he no, is. He, the, he, no, no. He's, I, I don't think Burroughs has ever been in the Wisconsin woods. <laughs> no, he's not. I don't know if Burroughs has even been to Africa. Like, this is not. He's swinging through the Wisconsin woods, finds Jane. Jane is once more the thralls of oh, oh she gets she gets pants feelings okay um so he swings her back to safety this is a literal line from the book jump into my car I bet you if somebody told you this was a line in Tarzan that Tarzan says to Jade you wouldn't have believed it I'm just hearing that in the voice of Arnold Schwarzenegger and the way he says, get to the chopper. And it's making it so much better. <laughs> I know it's wrong to ask for some semblance of realism or research in a book about a kid raised by apes. I really feel like this was um, Edgar Rice Burroughs writing as quickly as he could without checking. I would, gar- I would, I would hazard that is actually what happened, given how prolific he was. <laughs> no time to check! Next book! Next book! Come, he added, Just jump enough. into my car. We must take a, overtake your father. They're only a little way ahead. Okay. Um, <laughs> Wait, who taught him to drive? I d- presumably don't know, I guess. Somebody. Not the ape, because that would have been really funny. <laughs> so. <clears throat> we can't have everything we want. <laughs> so Tarzan's all like, I love you. And he's like, well, I'm marrying this guy because, you know, the money we owe him. Tarzan's like, no, 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 the, the money's all taken care of. I found the treasure and... <laughs> Um, but here's the thing. Jane is still, like, okay, sexy, but, like, does pants feelings mean I want to marry him? Um, no, honey, it means you just want to bang him. Yeah, she literally thinks, like, I only find him hot when we're being all primeval and stuff. She realized the spell that had been upon her in the depths of the far-off jungle, but there was no spell of enchantment now in prosaic Wisconsin, nor did the immaculate young Frenchman appeal to the primal woman as hers had the stalwart forest god. Did she love him? She did not know now. Honey, it's called roleplay. <laughs> <laughs> but I love how she's literally like, okay, but now that he doesn't eat with his friend, with his hands and I could introduce him to my friends, I'm not sure that's sexy anymore. Like, she, she's sitting there thinking like, okay, he's all civilized, but if I wanted that, I could marry Clayton right now. And this is how the book ends, because Tarzan scares off like the bad suitor, and then Jane's there like, okay, but do I want to marry him? Like, no, maybe. And then Clayton's like, oh, you know, I love you. I'll be free. And she's like, yeah, okay, I'll marry you. And then later the day, Tarzan's like, well, you're free now, and you know, I, I, I civilized myself. Like, this is all I've done for you. And Jane's like, oh shit, sorry, I kind of promised to marry someone else. And then okay. Tarzan. No, go, go on. And then Tarzan, it was only like, and there's a little bit left. And then Tarzan gets um, a telegram from Darno saying, you know, fingerprints came back. You're great still. Congratulations. And Tarzan's like, huh. Well, you know, I could take this away from Clayton, but that, that would mean taking it away from Jane as well. So he, so he tells him that he's actually the son of an ape and a white, <laughs> white man. And the book ends. That is where the book ends. It says, for the further adventures of Lord Greystoke, read The Return of Tarzan. Well, he 
you can't accuse him of not having a lot of plot. Yeah. <laughs> it's not an especially character-driven piece, but things happen. Things do happen. There are some words on that page. And people, like, accuse romance novels of being shitty. Like, <laughs> This is the really? Harlequin novel that was never written. I mean, this is, this is some bodice ripper shit right there. This is a male Harlequin romance, isn't it? Yeah. Feel, it's pretty that feels much... a little bit insulting to the Harlequin genre. It kind of is. I mean, it's also in some cases kind of not but it kind of is i mean I this is it... from the pulp genre the pulp you know this is where edgar rice burroughs made his name between this and um his princess of mars books the john carter of mars series, yeah. or john carter if you're going with the disney way um you know they are very action adventure driven there's a bit of genre mishmash lots of things happen you can write them quickly and people will pay like what five cents for them or something at the time yeah and he made bank yeah, I mean, this is this is like the precursor to Tom Clancy or James Patterson, you know, mental porn for dudes. Well, Reid Bradbury said Burroughs is probably the most influential writer in the entire history of the world, which might be a bit of an exaggeration, but for that genre in particular, he definitely laid the groundwork for, you know, every science fiction action adventure story that kind of came after it. I mean, if you read or watch Princess of Mars, it's... You, know, you could like see the dots where Star Wars has joined them. Mm-hmm. You, are... see, you can see a lot of the similarities between what you're saying about Tarzan and what happens with John Carter and Princess of Mars. He's so super special, and everyone realizes how special he is, except for the baddies who are so obviously baddies. You can see the mustache twirling, and they're super strong, and every woman loves that primal, primal man to just throw her down and drag her around. Mm-hmm. I can see how that could appeal to us, Sarah. 26 Tarzan books. 20 fucking... And I remember my brother telling me, like, I don't know why he read some of the sequels. I know he read some of the sequels. I don't know why. But apparently... So, um, Tarzan and Jane do get married at the end of the second one. I I remember, like, skimming to the end of that one. Clayton dies and, like, blesses their union on his deathbed, so to say. And then they have kids, or at least one son, and for some reason, being raised by apes is, like, genetic. Because he passes on his super strength, apparently, to his progeny. Sure. So for whatever reason, his son is, like, just as powerful as he is. Okay. Yeah, let's just go with it. Sure, why not? <laughs> right. I mean, it it's almost like a precursor to the Earth's Children's books, with Ayla being raised by Neanderthals, and she has to become the, the greatest Neanderthal woman of them all in order for them to go, well, I guess she's sort of vaguely competent. So she develops super strength just so she can barely keep up with them and has to develop an incredible memory to compete with their racial memory. I, I, I don't even know. And someone in a smart bitch's comment section somewhere... <clears throat> described her as the primeval Mary Sue Earth Mother of us all. Which is true. You know at Lifetime we've got the rights to do a pilot for that. I have heard that. And Lifetime? It's a total shit show. Wasn't there a lot of rape in that one? There is so much rape in the first one. So much. Oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, so... Yeah. You know, people used to know how to enjoy batshit crazy. 
people who read these books, they didn't care how popular like, they enjoy. We used to enjoy. I pop. feel like our modern batshit crazy is just really boring and sad. It, it kind of is. Like, we'd be saying that about Fifty Shades of Grey. Mm-hmm. I mean, we talk about it as being, like, ultimate hate read and things like that, but it's just really sad. And it doesn't yeah. make... I, I don't get any of the sort of, like, trashy, mm-hmm. so bad, it's good vibe I get from a lot of the so bad, it's good things that I like. I don't know if we're capable of doing it anymore. There's just no... Nobody taking the risk with that. All the big flops right now, like the John Carter movie was a huge flop, but it's not yeah. a bad movie. It's just kind of okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or Jupiter Ascending. Yeah, to, I mean, there's like bad shit. Yeah, there's bad shit crazy, and then there's Frank's Red Hot Crazy Sauce. And I just finished reading the most recommended book by Bertrand Small, who was one of the very early romance writers in the 70s. Um, the book is called Sky O'Malley, and holy crap, so much stuff happens. There's a harem. There's pirates. She's a pirate. There's Queen Elizabeth. There's Robert Dudley basically being pimped out. It's amazing because she took Frank's red crazy red hot crazy sauce and she put that shit on everything. Everything. <laughs> and that that is batshit crazy. I mean, in romance, you want total crazy sauce, you have to go to the 70s and the 80s and the very early 90s. Do you notice the common thread here is that, you know, for, for Tarzan or the the books you just described, the, the the salient point here is that stuff happens. Like, we see things like, oh right. my god, there's so much That's plot. That's one of the reasons that a lot so of these plot. Tarzan adaptations that Where's... I at least managed to watch don't work, because nothing happens in them. Exactly. And with the with the modern bad books, you know, stuff like Twilight. Yeah. The problem with Twilight is there isn't the any Twilight plot. got, like, vaguely Nothing campy happens. fun by the final one. That doesn't have any plot in it, but they've just amped up the ridiculousness partially because of Michael Sheen. You know, he knew what he was in. Yeah. I will say I, there is one campy, terrible thing that I'm hoping will pay off, and it's Ease the Royals, which starts this month, and I'm going to watch every episode of it. I am, um, yeah. yeah. Elizabeth Harley is the queen, and the queen mother is Joan Collins. <laughs> yeah. I'm so ready for it. <laughs> oh, that show, you had better be as deliciously bad as you sound. Yes. We are Don't all here for the show. <laughs> because we're getting a new Tarzan movie next year, directed by David Yates, who did some of the Harry Potter movies. And what? Yeah. Why? Because there's no originality left in Hollywood, nobody's going to take any risks, and they're all going to go with public domain materials and previously established names to make a quick buck. I know. I know. Raise your hand and salute the public domain. See, this story actually sounds an awful lot like the the Greystoke one, which I haven't seen, but I was I was Wikipediaing it because of course, which is basically Tarzan is in civilization and then he has to go back to the wild. In this version, he's going to be played by Alexander Skarsgård. So you know, he'll actually be naked, right? (laughs) It took six seasons of True Blood for him to get naked. I don't know how long it's going to take in this movie. If it's going to be a you know big budget family movie, probably not naked. We might get a lot. Of <sighs> I will say the thing. Okay, there's two things about this movie I think is worth pointing out. Well, three actually. One, Christoph Waltz is the baddie, because of course. Oh. Two, there are actual black people in it. What baddie? 
there are no there's barely a villain the, the villain in the story is in the last three two chapters and yeah, it's the Crystal guy who Fultz wants to marry jane when she doesn't want to get married and i'm okay with that he's got two oscars he's fine yeah but he's just nobody has fun being a baddie quite like christoph waltz does he's really our only hope in this area right now uh, so that's one thing to point out. Second one, this movie has actual black people in it. What? Jaiman Honsu and Samuel L. Jackson are going to be in it. I don't know how stereotypical their roles are going to be, but at least there are black people in this movie, call for Disney. Uh... And the third thing to point out is Margot Robbie is playing Jane. She's 14 years younger than Alexander Skarsgård. And the story is them... They have spent many years in civilization after re- meeting in the jungle, so I'm guessing she met him in the jungle when she was like, what, 14? Because, <laughs> you know, you heaven forbid you ever cast a woman in a role who is actually the same age as the guy. Yeah. I'm actually surprised we're getting to be quite quickly, because didn't one just come out with that well, guy from Twilight? The one who they had in the Hercules movie as well that everyone hated. I can't remember his name. Yeah. What? Was there a Tarzan? The one that was dating um, Pixie Hair Girl. No, no, that, I. Wait. No, you're thinking. Yeah, the but first he was in a Hair Oh, there wow. was a. The, the... That's it. No, that's Kevin Lutz. And they did, they did an animated right? movie called was... Tar- of Tarzan as well a couple years ago, or last year. Last year. Huh. Oh, they're they're trying yeah. really hard to make him happen, aren't they? I. Okay, we can talk about, actually, maybe we should, about basically what uh, Howard Garaisboros portrays actual African people well. in his book about Oh, no, there are black people in it. They're usually being murdered yes. by Tarzan, or there's yeah. some sort of eugenics point being made. Mm. He's actually, like, killer of black men. So, um, the one thing, the 84 movie, which I actually rewatched for this episode, so we can talk about it a bit, uh, one of the accurate, like, scenes in it is the fact that um, his... Tarzan's mother, Kala, is killed by uh, by African hunters. And then in revenge, like, he pursues them. And he kills them in a scene that on this reread, I realized kind of, it's, it's I don't want to say it, but it's kind of a lynching. And I don't, I don't, but before I say it, like, I don't actually know. I want to say I don't know if it's deliberate, but I mean, Edgar Burroughs was an American, so it must have been. Like, it's not like this is an English writer who doesn't who doesn't know the nuances of, you know, race in the States. But he, because Tarzan's weapon throughout the book, his first weapon really is a rope. And he, like, he, he, he uses it to kill, to, well, not kill even, at first he uses it to tease, like, his uh, ape stepfather and then um, to wrestle with various um, wild animals, including a lioness, and it's kind of his weapon of choice, but when he does it to a black man, um, he captures him via rope, kind of strings him up, and then kills him with a knife in revenge for his mother's death. It's, uh, it, it is pretty uncomfortable. And I, and I would say that I'm not going to excuse it for like the time it was written, because it, you know, it was 1912, and I kind of feel like Edgar Rice Burroughs knew what he was doing, and it was he probably figured he's readers being white would be okay with it. I have it. some quotes actually about that just to show Burroughs' um, uh, race treatment. So there was a biography that came out yeah, called Tarzan on. Forever, uh, The Life of Edgar Rice Burroughs, and the quotes here, um, like many of his contemporaries, writes his biographer, Burroughs believed in a hierarchy of race and class. In the Tarzan books, blacks are generally superstitious and Arabs rapacious. Burroughs was extremely proud of his nearly pure Anglo-Saxon lineage. 
And there's a line in one of the Tarzan books that says, the baiting of blacks was Tarzan's chief divertisement. Hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. But there's also a bit of, like, European rivalries, I want to say, because there's there's a paragraph that stood out at me. It's only, a, like, a sentence long, so I'll read it now. Well, most of these sentences are like paragraphs in their own in this one, honey. <laughs> To add to the fiendishness of their, their being the um, African village, of their cruel savagery was the poignant memory of still crueler barbarities practiced upon them and theirs by the white officers of, an, of that arch-hypocrite Leopold II of Belgium, because whose atro- of whose atrocities they have fled the Congo Free State, a pitiful remnant of what once had been a mighty tribe. So yeah, there's definitely that, while well, Tarzan is a white man and it the Burroughs definitely like put puts him above the the black tribesmen because of that. But then he's also like, okay, but Leopold was horrible, and he was horrible to these people. Just out of spite against against mm. Leopold. <laughs> so yeah, so there's there's this like the single line in the book that that you know does a kind of lip service to to the atrocities of colonization, and then we're back to cannibalism. Which Tarzan doesn't do because he's white and therefore it needs it's to no do. surprise that Burroughs was allegedly a supporter of eugenics and because the, the whole fringe of social Darwinism does kind of run through his work. Yeah. Which then leads to the really yeah. interesting point of yeah. his work is so wildly popular and it's so incredibly I don't even want to say if it's of its time because I think that's excuse is bollocks. This was birth of a nation time. I get that. But I don't think it's an excuse. But these stories because of their popularity and their continuing success, they're always going to be ripe for future adaptations. How do you even begin to approach that material that is so ingrained in that very, very outdated attitude? You either don't acknowledge that at all, like what Disney did, which which didn't have any black people in it at all, or you try and update it somehow and you potentially risk falling into other old, outdated, very racist stereotypes. I mean, if if this new Tarzan adaptation is happening, as you're saying, like they've cast big name um, black actors in it, that means the roles have to be significant. But I'm I'm kind of worried that the way they'll approach it is to make them the main antagonist, like it's Tarzan and the apes versus the the local. Well, according black to the Wikipedia page, um, see Samuel L. Jackson is playing George Washington Williams, who was an American Civil War veteran. So, potentially not the baddie. And Jaiman Honsu is playing one of the local village chiefs. Um, The basic plot of this one, let me just read out of Wikipedia. It has been years since the man once known as Tarzan left the jungles of Africa behind for a gentrified life in London as John Clayton III with his beloved wife Jane at his side. Now he has been invited back to the Congo to serve as a trade emissary of Parliament, unaware that he is a pawn in a deadly convergence of greed and revenge, masterminded by Belgian Captain Rom, played by Christoph Waltz. But those behind the murderous plot have no idea what they're about to unleash. Hang on a second, my dog is scratching at the door. <laughs> Hi, Ozzy! Let me go get Ozzie. him. He's sad that I've left him Hi, on the bed. Any come. <laughs> Sorry, did I abandon Wait. you? Right. We, we had a cameo <laughs> with my cat last episode. I didn't realize how loud she was. There you go, you can sit on my bed. This episode, we have Ozzy. 
Sorry, continue. Yeah. <laughs> um, I well, this actually sounds like like it might be, you know, Tarzan and the local people yeah, versus those Belgians the Belgians are going to be the baddies for change. So, which, I mean, you know, that arch hypocrite they pulled the second of Belgium is almost like they pulled you know, that like one yeah, sentence out we, of the book and we said can we can have that. an acceptable bad guy here. If they actually do a Tarzan story that acknowledges the colonialism of it and tries to deal with it in an man appropriate manner, that could be really interesting. But then you also have to deal with the white savior element. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Say what you want about. Harriet Kipling, but at least Mowgli <laughs> was not the a Tiger Lily was white if you go by um, Rudy Mara's cast. At least from what I remember. Uh, uh, Did that movie already happen? It's not out yet, but it's coming. Okay. Oh, it's coming. <laughs> you had to remind us. We, we but no, but no. Blissfully yeah. put it out of my mind, but now it's there. Now it's there, making me sad. Yeah, I wanted to. I, I've seen the first 10 minutes like a million years ago. My parents had it on VHS. Um, <clears throat> and the 10 minutes were very boring, as I recall. This is, again, this is like 20 years ago. Um, and I tried to find someone that I could borrow a copy from here. No one here that I know would admit to owning it. And one friend that I asked said, answer the phone. Um, not to answer the phone. Um, one friend that I asked said, oh, I couldn't get past the vivisection scene. So I don't own it. And then they laughed at me. Oh. So... <laughs> of all the reasons to laugh at someone... Yeah, it was legit, though. I mean, it's, Christo it's Christopher Lambert. <laughs> what accent does he have in this one? Is it like his Highlander accent? Uh, I have no idea. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the moment I did the sort of gasp of hesitation when it was says, starring Andy McDowell. Oh, oh yeah. Yes, but her, uh, her lines were all dubbed over by Glenn Close. Seriously? Seriously. Um, was she uh, that bad, or could she not do the accent, or was, does, does she have a really irritating voice I don't know about? Uh, according to the Wikipedia entry, um, Andy McDowell's southern accent was just not what they were looking for, so they overdubbed her. They were they were keeping her as an American, but she needed to not be quite so southern. I don't know. She has uh, a Wisconsin, Wisconsin is not what southern. Was problem? <laughs> Come on. Why Wisconsin? Was Edgar Rice Burroughs from Wisconsin? Or? Um, no, he was from Illinois, according to Wikipedia. So I don't know. Just Wisconsin. The, the woods of Wisconsin <laughs> through which Tarzan is going to swing to save her from a forest fire. <laughs> no, he's not. I do know that Grace Oak was the first Tarzan movie to ever get Oscar nominations. Well, the first one to ever win was the Disney one. So um, it actually, and by the way, it, it says in introducing Christopher Lambert and Andy McDowell. So mm. 
it's not his actual first movie because he's done some, according to IMDb, he's done some French films before that, but it would have been introducing him to a Hollywood audience, basically. Yeah. I don't know if that's true for Andy McDowell as well. How is his accent in it? Is it as bad as his Highlander accent? He doesn't speak that much in it, as you can imagine. So, okay, the movie, and, and this is also, I'm kind of sorry you guys didn't experience the, this particular I... brand of kind of am too and kind of also not so i remember like i've seen the entire movie way back before i watched it this time and and obviously we all know highlander so i I had this memory of like being young i guess in in my teens or not and and finding christopher lambert hot and i was like i wonder if i'd still find him hot now you know popping in the mean movie tarzan so he's gonna be all buff he's not actually that buff in this like they don't have him be like bodybuilder tarzan um, they do have him naked, basically, and, you know, there's the stare, and, like, he's looking through you, and you're like, who will I, Monsieur Lambert? Please, you control yourself. <laughs> um, the movie, uh, oh, God, those those apes, I don't know, they weren't animatronic, like, they were, I guess, masks on people, and it's it's actually quite bloody in the beginning. Yeah, Ozzy knows what's up. Hang on a second. <laughs> oh, for God's sake. Well, you can't get up on my bed, okay, but you can jump off it. Ugh. Down is much easier than up. There's gravity. Oh, Kaylee, you're going to regret Let's go. these words. There. Go go talk to people. Go get food. You're going to regret this when I, when I tell you what's in this movie. Anyway. Hang on, I'm, I'm back now. He's gone downstairs. Oh, oh the jumping on the bed. Well, I'll get to the jumping on the bed. So, um, The movie is actually kind of like it's bloody because you know Carla's baby dies like the little fake ape doll is smashed on the ground and you're like oh um she's carrying the little corpse around and then then, uh thankfully skips the mutiny because that's boring and who cares has a little bit in the beginning in in England which introduces Jane because they actually don't do any of the Jane of the Porter expedition they decide to make Jane like some sort of like a distant relative, a cousin of some sort of his that's, you know, at least three years older than he is, judging by the actress they, they picked to play her. Um, so, and they go through Tarzan growing up, so the, these poor like five and ten and then twelve year old kids running around naked and the, there's, there's a lot more naked little kids that you ever want to see. <laughs> Come on, movie. <laughs> Um, running around the woods and, you know, playing with, with fake apes, <laughs> breaking it, and, and in the mud, and they're all muddy, and they make little ape noises, and, uh, gosh. You don't actually see grown-up Tarzan, I think, until halfway through the movie, so they skip the Porter expedition. Instead, there's a, a European expedition that Derno's just part of as, as a guide, um, and he gets attacked. I don't actually. Um, is it in the movie? Just that, yeah. So they get attacked, and Tarzan saves Darno. Um, and Darno teaches him to speak. So like they skip the whole Jane part. They just have the one expedition with with all men. Uh, they have Darno realize who Tarzan is, and then teach him how to speak and teach him a little bit about men. And. So Tarzan doesn't have that impetus, oh, I'm going back to civilization because I want to find Jane, or no, just kind of like, no, no, like, you're human, you have to go, like, be with other humans. Um, and it brings him home to 
to England to like a dotty old grandfather who's all like, oh, my boy. And, and now he's all combed and, and nice and Andy McDowell's there. And oh, isn't she pretty? Uh, and then the, the grandfather dies. Tarzan's all like, you brought me here to be with my family, but like there's nobody here now and why bother? So in his grief, uh, the, the wretch. So Andy McDowell, I mean, Jane still lives in the house because she was his grandfather's ward and she's a distant relative. I mean, there's servants and, and people, but, like, now there's just the two of them. Um, he goes into her bedroom. So the, 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 the Harlequin romance bit is that he just kind of decides to go into her bedroom and, and they have sex. And he, he does this, they have him do, like, make ape noises and jump around on the bed <laughs> because that's sexy. I, oh, God, you guys, that scene. The making ape noises on the bed scene before they kiss and have sex. It's just poor Andy McDowell. I feel like I'm admitting too much here, but I don't think that's how apes actually do it. <laughs> poor Andy McDowell. They're not bonobos. It's it's a very quick process. <laughs> has to sit there and like pretend like she finds this sexy or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, and then they go to a museum and Tarzan finds um, apes being dissected and studied in a lab, and I think there's an ape locked up there who was an ape that Tarzan knew from the jungle, so then, like, he goes all mad, and he's speaking ape language to them, so then everybody's like, oh my god, Lord, Earl, Duke, whatever, Greystoke is mad. And this one guy who I think is some sort of secretary slash assistant to his grandfather has to be like, oh, you're Greystoke, you have duties, and, and then Andy McDowell's like, but he's not happy here, and in the end, he goes back to the jungle, jungle at the end. Yeah. They they tried, you guys. Yeah, uh huh. I, t- <clears throat> I like how this has just left us all kind of flabbergasted. <laughs> like, well, approach this. I want to point out that on the, uh, on the I guess it's the cover of the DVD that they have up on Wikipedia page for the movie. They use a still that that makes Christopher Lambert's Tarzan look like he's walked off the Passion of the Christ. Because <laughs> for some reason he has this headband, you know, and the hair is all long and. Oh yeah. Some uh, and there's some very unsubtle symbolism they're going for there. <laughs> yep. You, you know well, that. Given the whole prime of man thing that they're that Burroughs clearly went with for Tarzan, that wouldn't be that far ahead, would it? <laughs> Burroughs, do you know that thing where we all ask, it's like, oh, if it's Mowgli or if it's Tarzan, how come they don't have a beard? Edgar S. Burroughs actually explicitly addresses that. Because after discovering that there's that he's a man and not an ape, Tarzan decides that for whatever reason, as man, he's superior to ape. Apes have fur and therefore the like beard grown so on him. so he waxes. <laughs> he shaves himself with a knife. <laughs> You got a lot of manscaping to do to be the pinnacle of um, species. So, what I'm getting from this is that Tarzan is kind of a dick. Yeah, he actually is. Like he 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 picks on his ape stepfather for like, and it's we're supposed to think that the stepfather kind of deserves it, but I don't know that he does. He kind of picks all the fights he gets into. He turns into a car, like sports car driving bro douche. Yeah. 
like the moment he steps foot in civilization. I'm sad that there hasn't been some extensive sort of pop culture analysis of Tarzan as the ultimate bro. I feel like there's a thesis waiting to be written there. <laughs> there's Oh, there's even an almost like frat house there scene where when they get not like they're in Africa still, um, but, you know, met up with some Europeans. And Tarzan was saying something like how, how of course he can kill a lion. And uh, so they're trying to egg him on. Um, they're around the campfire and they hear lion roar. They're trying to egg Tarzan on. It's like, why don't you go kill it now? And Tarzan's like, well, I'm not hungry because he only kills for very practical reasons. So he's like, well, I don't have a reason to kill it now. So they're saying something like, well, is 5,000 francs not enough reason? And Tarzan looks in Derno and Derno's all like, 10,000 francs is a reason. <laughs> so Tarzan kills a lion for 10,000. <laughs> But I like that one up much. Five thousand is not a reason. Ten thousand is a reason. So he's not just a bro. He's basically the Wolf of Wall Street. Without the cocaine, he's just. But and that's only sense. just because he hadn't found it yet. I mean, if he had <laughs> cocaine, he'd be snorting that shit. Like. <laughs> you couldn't get him off the ceilings, could you? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm just saying, there's a scene in The Wolf of Wall Street where Leonardo DiCaprio is just walking around with a chimp. So, clearly, there are some parallels here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, Raiden, you subjected yourself to the Disney movie yesterday. I did. So did I. I did. I... There was beer. Thank God. <laughs> I have seen it when it first came out, but I've... Uh, there's so much Phil Collins, you guys. <laughs> so much. It is no coincidence that the end of the Disney Renaissance coincided with Phil Collins selling his soul to Disney. Yeah. And I none mean, of these songs are good. None of them. No. And any of the movies he's done, none of them. No. I mean, just the movie itself is not good. I don't think it's that bad. It's just, it's such a marked contrast from the Disney films that came before. Even some of the less traditional and something like Hercules, which is not a brilliant movie, but it has a spark of, of, of wit and warmth about it. And I don't really know what this has. It's trying so hard to be incredibly safe that it ends up being kind of nothing. Although it is still remarkably brutal in some scenes. Yeah. And, like, you have the ape stepfather, Koshak, or whatever. Well, Kerchak was the the chief, and the the stepfather was actually a different character in the book. Okay. Well, the the chief of the Gorilla Pride tribe. I don't know what the collective noun for a gorilla is. Anyway, the chief is like, no, different people are scary and bad, and you have to protect the group. And, um, troop. It's a troop of gorillas, isn't it? Whatever. That's not important. I'm sorry. <laughs> Just go, go on, go on. <laughs> go on. Like, no, no, you have to protect the, the the group and you have to keep these, you know, white people with their fucking guns away from us. And Tarzan's like, no, you're just scared of them because they're different. You're being racist, essentially. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> um, he's got a point because they have motherfucking guns. They're going to kill all of you because... That is what white people in Africa do. Okay, are we talking about Tarzan or Pocahontas? Because I'm sensing a familiarity. You're sensing some parallels? Yeah. 
There are some actual Native Americans in Pocahontas. Yeah. <laughs> it stuns me that this movie is pushing the message of tolerance and acceptance, and it's a movie set in Africa, and there is not a single black person in it. No. No. I don't think there are even any, like, voiceover actors in the film that are black. No, there's Rosie O'Donnell, if I remember correctly. Rosie O'Donnell is not black. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, they, 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 didn't, they didn't hire actual like, black people. Instead, we went with Rosie O'Donnell playing me. <laughs> didn't they, like, turn Clayton into basically Gaston? He's yeah. Brian Blessed. Of course they did. He's Brian Blessed, and they modeled his character look after, like, Clark Gable. And... He is basically Clark Gable crossed with Radcliffe from Pocahontas. Yep. Yep. And then Minnie Driver is Jane. I actually like Minnie Driver a lot in it. I think she's really the only, certainly the voice actors who is having any fun, really has a hold of that character. She's a bit of a sort of the ditzy traditional British damsel, because she's British in this one. Mm-hmm. But, um... And she's like, I'm just wanna I'm here to see gorillas. I wanna study gorillas. Let's go study some gorillas. She's oh basically god, Jane Goodall, I... isn't she? Yes. Oh my god, I just got attacked by a bunch of angry baboons. I I don't even know. And Tony Goldwyn is <laughs> like he's Tarzan and I don't know why. <laughs> Nobody knows why. But I just need him to just play characters I hate. Because my instinctive, this guy's a fucking asshole, it, it was very solidified by Scandal, where he plays the president, who is a terrible person. He is, the, like, the literal, of a show full of terrible people that I love to watch. He is the actual worst. But this is a tradition from him. I mean, he was in Ghost, and he is the, you know, the really awful, awful person in Ghost. So. Yes. I see no charm as I do not get the people who really like Fitz. You, I, I, I get shippers, but I don't get that one. I don't. I don't even get the shippers. Like, how can you think that that Olivia and Fitz are a match made in heaven? I, I'm terrified that Shonda Rhimes thinks that they are Endgame, and they're not. This is not what. Uh, this is not a good relationship. This is abusive and terrible. And sometimes she seems to get that, and a lot of times she's. This is not what this show is about. I think the moment you acknowledge that your relationship is basically the modern-day Sally Hemings, Thomas Jefferson, you don't go back to thinking that that's romantic. Right. Right. And yet I think she does. But that's not what this particular episode of Anglophies is about. (laughs) Anyway. This is what Tony Goldwyn does. I think he should stick to this. Because he is in a Lifetime movie where he plays Warren Jeffs. Yeah. Which seems very fitting. I just don't think his voice work here is very good. But he's just... A kind of a non-entity, and that's one of the, when your main character is such a non-entity. The animation's beautiful, but it doesn't make up for the fact that there's not much going on, really. Yeah. Hey, you... It does feature one of the more gruesome villain deaths, though. It's true. I was quite shocked when I remembered how badly that ends. I couldn't... Ooh. Yeah. How does that end? Yeah, it's not a, it's not a typical Disney, Disney villain death where they just fall off a very tall thing. No, he gets caught up in some vines and tries to and, cut himself. Oh, he goes around strangles. his neck, he yeah. falls and hangs himself. Basically. And he hangs himself. And you see the silhouette of his yeah. hanging body against a tree. It is pretty brutal. Yeah. But of course, Tarzan didn't do it. Mm. You know, Tarzan's hands are clean in it. It was entirely an accident. The guy did it himself because you can't have your Disney, you know, your, your Disney hero actually have a hand in the death. 
You can't really have him have a hand in anything. He doesn't seem to do much in this film. No, no, he runs around. He beats people up. Um, he has dreads. He wears. He a... looks like a surfer. The way he moves, yes. the way he acts, the way that you know the appearance of the hair and the body. He looks like a surfer. I keep waiting for him to say "bro" or "dude." Yeah. I mean, I guess. I, I think they they really did attempt to make him walk like. Okay, you have the body mechanics of a human, but you've only ever seen apes moving. So he's sort of trying to do that, only the, the backs and hips just don't work that way. So I, I kind of see what the animators were going for. And according to Wikipedia, the the main animation team for Tarzan was in L.A. and the main animation team for Jane was in Europe. <laughs> So that made things super awkward. It explains a lot in terms of how they look different, because Jane has very anime-inspired face. Yeah. And then you have all of the talking animals, because it's a Disney movie. Right. And all of the attempts to make it clear that when the animals were talking, they were... You know, making an they were in reality making animal noises, and then when the humans are talking... It it sort of worked and sort of kind of didn't and mostly it was just weird uh, there's a paranoid elephant hey do you guys remember that NSYNC did a song for this movie no <laughs> really do you know the was uh, it worse than the Phil Collins ones do you remember the the number destroying the camp yes no. The one where they're just trashing the camp. The one where they're just like... trashing the camp and it's like Stomp. Oh it's yeah, like... yeah, yeah. So I I don't remember why I was seeing whether this was on a DVD or something, but I was seeing like a making of or a music of, and uh, in sync were specifically invited. Was this like when the band Nick Lachey was and did the song at the end of Mulan? <laughs> Disney, you need to stop doing this. And they didn't learn their lesson after this. They kept inviting Phil Collins back. And then they got an Oscar for this film. He beat both the song from South Park and the song from Toy Story 2. That's yeah. some criminal work right there. And then they made a Broadway musical out of it, which flopped hugely. Because it turns out people aren't interested in seeing Phil Collins on Broadway. <laughs> Who'd have thought it? I think it just shows that once you strip all the killing Tarzan does out of the book, he doesn't really do much. Yeah. Because, like, what else is there to do in the jungle? Become an extra for Cirque du Soleil. Because, <laughs> really, if you think about it, if you think about the novel, Tarzan kills a gorilla. Tarzan yeah. kills an ape. Tarzan kills a lioness. Tarzan kills some black people. Tarzan kills a lot more black people. And some more animals, but mostly black people. But does not eat them because Tarzan's not a cannibal. But mostly all he does is he kills his way through the jungle because, like, there's not really much else to it. So when, when you strip away all of those elements of the story that are unsavory or unpalatable for modern audiences or just downright racist, all you're really left with is a super adventurer bro. And I'm not entirely sure anyone really wants to see that. Because the last Tarzan movie that came out, the one that we couldn't remember with Twilight Dude, made no money. 
I don't see anyone being particularly excited for the Alexander Skarsgård film coming out soon. Mm. Nobody tends to remember the Disney Tarzan very fondly. I don't really know of any particular adaptation of Tarzan that people do remember fondly, at least not of our generation. Well, here's the... George of the Jungle. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Which is amazing, by the way. I am going to defend that film to the hilt. (laughs) George... Also, Brendan Fraser. <sighs> I did read a really great piece someone wrote on Tumblr about how that might be one of the only films that caters exclusively to the female gaze. <laughs> and does it so delightfully. And it actually does. Just if you're going to make a film like this, I think you need to acknowledge that by today's standards, there is a level of camp to this. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you have to own that. What's interesting is that the two movies we're talking about both attempted to still set Tarzan in its original setting of early 20th century. And, like, they weren't... Like, it doesn't really work because they have to cut out problematic elements, but then only to an extent, and then, like, the story. and But both the TV shows we were thinking of talking about... <laughs> <laughs> move the story into their late 20th century setting in which, you know, it's basically just move it to present day mm-hmm. and make complete and just like throw out the source material and make completely <laughs> original. Um, do we want to do the, the short-lived WB one first? Just for, oh, please, can we? Hello, oh, for I the have lull. so much, to, Man, so much to I watched that as it aired and I was into that <laughs> Well, Why? you would have been about the right age for it. Yeah, I, I guess it would have been. It was. It... I mean, the the WB has always known what its audience is, and that is generally younger people who want to look at pretty people. But they've always picked their source material in a very interesting and occasionally random manner. I mean, they, this is the channel that made a, a Birds of Prey show for one season, after mm-hmm. all. Half of one season, and I'm sad that show got cancelled. It was kind of awesome. In a not great way. (laughs) The thing about the Tarzan show, even the guy who created it called it a piece of crap. Yeah, we could be... I wish they had an attribution. Ripke's pissed, like, still pissed about it. Uh, Yeah, I forgot... What you're begging for your show to end. Yeah. I had forgotten that this show happened until I was you know, so cast, I. casting around looking for someplace I could watch Greystoke for legit ways and stumbled on a YouTube page that had the pilot for the show. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to watch that. And I was tried to watch it last night. And apparently in the past week, the one that I found got deleted for whatever reason. Um, so I didn't get a chance to watch it. I did see the opening credits for a 1996 TV series, which I will link the video to that because the opening credits for this thing is hilarious. But, but we'll go on to, back to the WB. (laughs) Because I'm so upset I wanted to watch it. (laughs) It has Tarzan in, okay, um, Travis Fimmel, who was, so I swear, to, so this is what they did. They hired the Calvin Klein underwear model. And this is not 
a metaphor. This is not me being snarky. This is they did not hire an actor. They literally went, we need someone who looks good naked. And, he's approximately, and I respect that. I was approximately I respect 20 that. With that. And it turns out he can actually act because he's on Vikings Yeah, right now. so for anybody who's a fan of Vikings, that <laughs> that was Tarzan. Um, Ragnar. Was, he can was. act now. At the time, he was he was a, he was a baby actor. He didn't know what he was at, doing, at but t- no one was really directing him. They just wanted to get this over and done with. So I can't blame him. At the time, he was a Calvin Klein underwear model, and you can tell <laughs> because I don't know what uh, workouts they have in the jungle, but it must be very ab oriented. <laughs> so, and the conditioning that they're offering on his hair is fabulous because it just always looks so sleek and flowing in the wind. <laughs> 20-year-old Tarzan is rescued from the jungle and brought back to the jungles of New York City where his evil <laughs> aunt... Never use that face seriously in your story ever. <laughs> his evil aunt, played by Lucy Lawless. And I've forgotten that Mitch Pelagi plays his uncle. And it's all about how, well, now he's got shares of Greystoke Industries and how do we control him now that he, the, you know, he's inherited all those shares from his parents and he befriends a police detective. Because of course he does. He <laughs> was raised in the jungles of Africa by apes. She is a young and up-and-coming New York police detective. Together, they fight crime. That's right. I swear to God, you guys, that is the show. And a very young Leighton Meester is also in this as somebody. Uh, She's Jane's sister. According to Wikipedia. And like I remember none of it. I just remember that, oh my God, I love that show. <laughs> it was Catholic. The pilot is... It establishes what comes next, which is not very good. Uh, but you have the... There's big issues when your two lead actors have absolutely no chemistry. Mm. And this one pretty much tackles that immediately, because he is just immediately enamoured with Jane. Which is canon, so I can't blame them for putting that in the story. But there is no heat there at all. And she has a partner at this point in time as well. Who she seems very happy with, but the moment Tarzan's on the scene, she's just suddenly like, I can't stop thinking about this really good-looking topless man who keeps turning up wherever I go. Once again, it's the WB, just go with it. (laughs) But this is also one of the issues, which is, now you've got this modern setting, you need to have a story to reflect it. So you can't really have him going around killing apes or being part of this colonialist world so you have to have issues with stock instead which is just it's not that interesting Lucy Wallace is, is trying her hardest she's trying very hard she always tries hard I like Lucy Wallace <laughs> it's so polished which is one of the issues it's part of the, the WBCW brand it has to look a very certain way which is almost like a music video more than anything else Mm-hmm. Everyone looks really pretty. Everyone has perfectly coiffed hair. The, Tarzan has scars, but they're always strategically placed, so they're never actually that... You know, they're not disfiguring. They're very sexy scars. <laughs> scars that do not mar his hotness. Pretty much. <clears throat> he hasn't entirely decided on an accent, which is fine. They're just, there are decisions that they take that I understand why they make them. I just don't know if they were the right ones to make, but I can't think what the right ones to make would be. Really not making the show. There's no reason for it to be modern day other than there was a bunch of executives sitting around a table with cocaine and going, you know what would be really great? 
<laughs> I don't know what would be really awesome. Tarzan, you know, in the modern day jungle, street smart Tarzan. That's brilliant. Fucking high five. Where's the coke? I, I feel like if this show had stayed on air, the only place for it to go would be to make Tarzan Spider-Man and have him swinging from <laughs> yep. Vine to Just Vine is located conveniently around Manhattan. <laughs> yes. Yes. But I can't think what else they would do with this idea. I mean, from what I... I didn't watch the whole series. There's only eight episodes. So I probably could have. But I don't know... What do they... Where do they take this? Uh, the aunt and uncle are... Probably, like, the the uncle, Director Skinner, is evil. The aunt looks like she's not evil, but is probably evil, Lucy Lawless. And they're scheming for control of the company. And Tarzan and Jane fight crime. Okay. <laughs> like, were they going to go for, like, a Beauty and the Beast angle? Were they just, like, primal man and pretty cop fight crime? It wouldn't have been bad. It was probably going to be bad, but it would be... It would have been interesting. I don't know what it would have been. Yeah. I mean, if it was just going to be gratuitous, topless, trapless, Travis Fennel... More power to them, because I'm okay with that. Do you hear me complaining? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. Do you know which Tarzan I watched a lot? The one where Jane was a a French scientist. Is this a Canadian thing? Yeah, so, did you guys not have, is this a Canadian thing? Because I figured, I didn't think it was, but I think it is. So, um, Tarzan, modern day, modern day that being the early 90s. And he's, he's so blonde in this one. He's not actually blonde in the books, I like to point out, but uh, he's specifically a brunette in the books. But in this one, he was, he's so blonde, you guys. Well, he he's played by a man named Wolf Larson, so... You can imagine how blonde that is. Um, and Jane is an, an environmentalist who's doing like some sort of environmental work. And she's played by a French actress. Her name is still Jane Porter, but she's now French. Uh, oh, this is the one. This is uh, Wikipedia says it's uh, French slash Canadian slash Mexican. Must be. And it is available on Hulu. You don't even need Hulu Plus. You can watch the whole thing. I used to watch that show religiously. So yeah, so they're just hanging out in Africa. Jane's doing environmental work. And, you know, every episode there's some sort of trouble. I don't know. I don't even remember what kind of trouble they ran into. I think, like, evil corporations doing evil things in Africa. And possibly... I I don't even know. I remember. Just, like, it's 30-minute episodes with like the troubles it was it was the early 90s it was it was an early 90s show yeah have you seen an early 90s show it's dad exactly. in africa <laughs> <laughs> he rides an elephant like they have the elephant they have uh cheetah the chimpanzee which does not appear in the books by the way that was that's at some point the movies invented that he's got flowing golden locks so there is black people in it Amazingly. This shouldn't be a shock when we say that. <laughs> and yet. And yet. Here we are. Tarzan does not kill anyone that I remember. But he does do the um, the, the Tarzan scream. I don't... Oh, I need to look this up. I'm not sure which adaptation actually originated the, the Tarzan voice sound. Because... 
Like in the book, they say that when he kills, he does, you know, the, the sound an ape makes when they make a kill. But it's not like a signature thing, the way it's become in TVs and movies. Or at least TV shows. Uh-huh. But everybody knows the Tarzan yell, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Tarzan yell, okay. Oh, it actually has its own Wikipedia page with... <laughs> I love Wikipedia. Sometimes, sometimes <laughs> they're assholes. Uh, the per- portrayed by actor Johnny Weissmuller in the films based on the character, starting with the 32 movie. Huh. Okay. The victory cry of the bull ape. Which is the line from... Okay, so yeah, I guess it originated pretty early on. You know, I wonder what Burroughs thought of the movie adaptation, because if this was adapted in the 30s, it's only 20 years after the book's published. The, oh, the, 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 the sound is trademarked and owned by the Burroughs estate. Good to know. Uh, in the 1999 animated film, the Tarzan Yell is dubbed by Brian Blessed, who voiced the villain Clayton. Oh. Of course, if you've got a Brian Blessed, you've got to use him, you know? This was done I after bet Tony... you Tony Goldwyn couldn't do it. Yeah, he says he's <laughs> He's just his such a bastard, he couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> just couldn't do it. Just, nope. <laughs> I just want a version of the animated Tarzan where Brian Blessed does every voice. <laughs> there must be like a, a YouTube dub of that somewhere. Uh... Well, here's the question then, because we're inevitably going to get lots more Tarzan adaptations because it's public domain and it's a well-known project, and we Hollywood doesn't take risks anymore. What what interesting or unique or different adaptation could they do with this material that wouldn't be horrifically racist? That wouldn't be incredibly dated in his attitude towards gender and would actually be fun to watch or is that an impossibility i almost think that if you did that it just wouldn't be tarzan Mm. i think that's the issue and i think that what point do we keep doing these stories and i think that's a really stupid question to ask probably because we're always going to keep doing these stories because they're there Mm mm-hmm and they're always going to go for Tarzan over Princess of Mars series because they did that and it didn't end very well for them. Not mm-hmm. that those are in any way more progressive than Tarzan. I mean, I think going back to this upcoming adaptation that we were saying is going to happen, we I think we can all agree that, okay, a story where if it's set in Africa, it's fighting against the colonial forces is an improvement on some of the moral grounds, but it still has the white savior pro- problem. So it's kind of like, well, you solve one problem by creating another one. So, I mean, is no, there a way to solve it at all? I I wonder if maybe the, the 90s and like early 2000s shows kind of had it right in that you have to, like if you take them out of Africa, then like you bypass it altogether. Like if you if you modernize it, mm-hmm. or if you just kind of make it, even set it back at that time, but you know throw out the way the story went and make it about Tarzan like driving sports cars in Wisconsin. I don't know. Brozan, basically. <laughs> yeah. I feel like at some point we need to explore this further. Now that we've opened up the door to the fact that Tarzan's a bro, there must be something else there. Mm. 
Like Tara's not on a fraternity wanna... or something. Oh. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I imagine it being kind of like Teen Wolf when he became and everybody in his entire high school is so into him being a wolf like they all so that's how, like, you know, the fraternities are like, well, he's an ape. Apes are cool now. I don't know what I'm saying. Basketball, <laughs> basically. Yeah. Swinging from hoop to hoop. I feel like someone is listening to this and they're going to write it down and sell it and make lots of money. In which case, you should give us a cut. Yeah, we're, we're calling copyright now. Yep. Copyright pending. Angle mm-hmm. fees. 2015. <laughs> so, Okay. I'm I'm still in Project Gutenberg, so I clicked into the next uh, The Return of Tarzan, the next novel. The very first line is apparently they're on an ocean liner. Is some woman just admiring Tarzan's physique? Oh yeah, he's still gonna be a British. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like this is just a mixture of very fascinating and incredibly depressing. <laughs> <laughs> what's happening with fiction right now and what we're seeing with the bigger studios and stuff is they are really just recycling the ideas that they had before which is something that they've always done you could argue but they're definitely appealing to the nostalgia wagon you're seeing it with what Disney are doing right now you know had Maleficent we've had um, the Cinderella movie which just came out we're it's getting a beautiful it's so pretty that waistline though it it's mostly illusion. They they didn't they did not I see the so because they put Lily James on a liquid diet and in a corset and they still photoshopped her for that poster. Well, yeah, they photoshopped the shit out but, of that poster. Does it have to come with the tagline "No internal organs were hurt in the beginning of this movie"? Yeah, but also the the skirt is so big that it really does the the illusion. Well, the costuming is gorgeous, which feels the like the, the reason to see the movie. Yeah, it really is. I saw it. I saw it on a press preview last week, and it's so pretty. It's so pretty. I mean, there are so many things wrong with it but, because it is Cinderella, and uh, yeah, but it's so pretty. And Kit Harrington, or not Kit Harrington, the other one, Richard Madden. <laughs> would be really sad if it had been Kit Harrington, wouldn't it? Yeah. Now, Richard Richard Madden is on the record as saying that they went through two days of screen tests to get the right white pants because they needed to be not be transparent on camera because it is still Disney after all <laughs> and they are just the right they those were not wasted days at all trust me I'm still kind of stunned that this movie is directed by Kenneth Branagh. Mm. Like, when did Kenneth Branagh, of all people, become the director for hire for Marvel and Disney and Tom Clancy adaptations? I wonder if there's a project that that he's hoping to let him do. I'm thinking, is there another Shakespeare movie he really wants to make? (laughs) Okay, two things. One is I think the way to solve Tarzan problems is to just make porn. Because, come on, you cut out everything around, like, the parts I read, and then you just make the parts I read into porn. I think everybody will be happy with that. Mm-hmm. Has there, to... any, have there been any romance novel adaptations of this? This feels like something that a writer must have done. But, like, what do you do? Do you just copy-paste the Edgar Rice Burroughs parts and just type sex in between? Yes. 
Okay. Obviously. <laughs> that will make so much money. <laughs> Thing two. The second book of Tarzan starts with Tarzan accusing someone of cheating at cards. Once again, bro. Bro, dish Tarzan is a canonical thing. Why did we not know this? Because nobody in the adaptations does it. <laughs> it's so much more interesting than what they do do, though. <laughs> it's like, Tarzan is a bro, but he gets to be the, the bro because he's so strong, so whenever anybody tries to call him out on the broness, Tarzan just kind of strangles him and makes gorilla noises. <laughs> Come on, you that is so much more interesting than anything they've ever made. There must be a really great satire waiting to be written about Tarzan the Bro and how everyone lets him get over. Oh, because he's king of the jungle. Oh, look at you. Um, so I'm on the Wikipedia page right now and looking at the list of works written by other authors. And in 2004, there was a book called Tarzan Presley. Which, and I just lost it. Here we go. <clears throat> this novel combines aspects of Tarzan and Elvis Presley into a single character named Tarzan Presley within New Zealand and American settings. Upon its release, it was subject to legal action in the United States and has not been reprinted since its initial publication. I can't decide if that is the worst idea ever conceived or, or the, the best. best. <laughs> there are no limits to the human imagination. <laughs> there aren't. I have a feeling that if this was, if this had been posted on fanfic.net or AO3, <laughs> it would have so many hits. So many. <laughs> I am totally going to fanfiction. I want, <laughs> I, I want to have an interview with this man. I want him to explain to me how the intersection of Tarzan and Elvis Presley happens. He's dead! <laughs> That's unfortunate. No! <laughs> oh, we hardly knew V. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, this is sad. He died very young, but... He did. Sir, I need to examine your brain. How, sir? Oh. How? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I can't. I am done. The book was. Okay, I cannot tell if this is Wikipedia lies, if this is a real thing. The book was nominated in the fiction category of the Montana New Zealand Book Awards in 2005, where it was judged runner up. What would it be? Which one? <laughs> <laughs> what is the Montana New Zealand Book Awards? Is this one of those awards that you can like buy for yourself? No. A series no, of literary awards it's an for New Zealand. Thing. It's the New Zealand New Post Zealand. Book Awards. They were uh cre <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm still Are you okay. <laughs> No. Okay, you can Google the cover. Can. <laughs> oh no, 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 no! You guys, Google the cover. Oh my Google god! <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, that's oh, exactly what it was. It says King Tastic in the upper. <laughs> Come on, Google, Google faster! I can need to see this. 
<laughs> Fuck you. Oh my god. It gets better. Oh, there's... There's, I have so many questions about this. Oh summer. my god! <laughs> this is amazing! I need a copy of this. Somebody buy it for me. Holy uh, shit. The, the, the microphone stand and the jungle and the fern leaf and the, and the binoculars and oh my god. And while this is going on, there is a an ape fighting a giant ant and no one seems to care. It's like King Kong, and the and the, like this bottom half is out of the the Peter Jackson King Kong movie. <laughs> but at top, it's like Tarzan Elvis porn. The best thing about a... this is the really super serious black and white offer picture on the back. <laughs> There's a man who writes serious literature. Yep. Wow. <laughs> okay, okay, back cover copy. We have it. Raised by gorillas, they weren't gorillas, they were apes. Raised by gorillas in the wild jungles of New Zealand. What? Scarred in battles with vicious giant Weta. Sure. Seduced by a beautiful young scientist. Discovered by Memphis record producer <laughs> Sam Phillips and adored by millions. <laughs> the dirt to dreams life story of Tarzan Preston is as legendary as his 30 number one hits. The story came to a dramatic end in 1977 when Tarzan took his own life, but now in a sensational new development, a manuscript written in old age by Tarzan himself has emerged, which proves that his story didn't end there. At last we can know why did he leave us? What did, all, what did it all mean to him? And for the first time, what did it feel like to be Tarzan <laughs> Presley? I feel like that's the kind of book that the guy that wrote Pride and Prejudice and Zombies wishes he had written. Yes. He's doing Monster Mash long before any oh, of those God. books. Uh, I'm sad he only became was only runner-up in the Montana books. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever won didn't deserve it in comparison. Oh, this is the best thing. Wow. This has made everything better. Internet... You're amazing. Humans, you're amazing. <laughs> I don't think we can top this. No. The human imagination can never be topped. No! Oh my god. <sighs> I'm just so delighted! <laughs> I just, this brings me so much joy. <laughs> I'm so glad this cover exists. There can be no other image for the show notes. No. <laughs> oh my god. Oh. Uh, oh. It's beautiful. <laughs> like, I, I really wish Disney had adapted that now. Yes! Somebody needs to adapt this. Oh, instead of Phil Collins, Tarzan with all the songs of Elvis Presley. <laughs> we, they did that though. They did that with Lilo and Stitch and it was brilliant. Mm. Oh, what uh. could have been? What <laughs> could have been? Why wasn't that the Broadway musical? <laughs> Just swinging around a heartbreak hotel. Of yeah. all the apes dance. <laughs> God. T Tarzan carries Jane up to his cave and sings satisfying. <laughs> <laughs> the discussion between the apes and the humans with the guns to suspicious minds. <laughs> We're caught in a trap, Tarzan. I can't walk out. This is even better than Brozan. Yes. Yes, it is. 
<sighs> I don't know how we move on from that. I don't know. I do. think, this I is think it. we wrap up. I think we wrap I up. I think we're done. Because. So, what we're going to say here is if, if you've only seen like some of the more recent movies, then the books and, and the apparently the, the wide field of Tarzan fiction it holds a lot more joy in it than what Disney found. Come for the loincloth, stay for the ineptly executed camp. Right. <laughs> if you can explain to us exactly why he's wearing a loincloth, uh, please do. Because I have questions. Because the manner of butt flap that he's wearing ain't going to protect his junk at all. <laughs> That's one of the things that got me about the Disney movie. His hair flows one way, the butt flap flows an entirely different way. <laughs> yep. Well, you know, That's what happens when your animation teams split between two continents. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so this has been episode 30. <laughs> Somebody get us a copy of Elvis or of Tarzan Presley. I, I know it's not going to be easy, but if somebody gets it, I will read it. I will absolutely read it. It'll be amazing. I feel like that is a smart bitch's review waiting to happen. It really is. It really is. So, yeah, this has been episode 30. Y'all have a lovely, lovely weekend. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs> you have been listening to Anglophies, a made of fail production.